Welcome back to the Biffle Playmakers Podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. Hope you guys are doing well. Welcome, first-time listeners. Those of you that have been rocking with me for a while, appreciate you guys tuning back in. Um, appreciate you guys. I noticed that um, we have some more five-star uh, ratings on um, the uh, Apple Podcast platform. So we appreciate uh, those new reviews. Um, you know, we have way more you know listeners than 17. So if you haven't had a chance to um, go by there or whatever platform, whether it's Google Podcast or Stitch or whatever, you know, whatever platform you're on, um, drop us a, a five-star uh, review, man. We appreciate that. Um, but I wanted to, uh, get in here, uh, before, um, FSU tips off against, uh, Duke later tonight and discuss the, uh, Trey Benson commitment, man, it's been a, it's been a lot of mixed reviews, um, you know, in, in the past week or two, um, just with all the, um, anticipation that, you know, he was going to commit or was it him or was it somebody else? What have you? Um, but want to talk about that, um, just kind of break it down from um, both both um, points of view, whether you you support the commit or you don't. But um, before we do that, let me go ahead and recognize um, our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. So if you guys are into gambling, um, you can head over to uh, the website and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V. Uh, to get started, uh, you got there was a UFC event this past weekend. Of course, you have your NFL playoff games, college basketball, um, so forth and so on. So, um, if you're into gambling, you can make some money. Um, actually, FSU is a five point uh, underdog against Duke tonight, so it'll be inter- interesting to see if they cover that spread. Um, but shout out to uh, BetOnline.ag. Um, but back to uh, the Trey Benson news, you know, he finally committed, uh, you know, earlier uh, this afternoon. And I kind of been waiting to see what he was going to do before I would record because just saw so many, you know, kind of mixed reactions to um, the news that, um, you know, he could be the commitment um, that everybody was expecting over the weekend, you know, so forth and so on. And the first thing, the first thing, you know, and I wrote about this already, I kind of gave some thoughts uh, on Chop Chat, um, I kind of gave you know, it's titled Three Thoughts About the Trey Benson Commitment. So you can check that out if you haven't already, too. But um, the first thing, you know, when I kind of heard that they may take a running back, you know, one of the first things I thought about was, well, I, I had just I wrote maybe a week or maybe a little over a week ago about, you know, the highest priorities I think they have from the transfer portal and. Uh, running back wasn't wasn't in my top three. Um, you know, it, it was it was kind of there in the background, but it wasn't like oh, you know, they have to get a running back. You know, so when I saw they were taking a running back, you know, I was kind of like, mm, okay, well, let's see who it is. Um, you know, then the smoke kind of came out. You know, that it was you know could be Trey Benson, and at the time, I think Noah Kane had put his name in the portal before he committed to LSU. That's the former Penn State running back. Um, then shortly, you know, a couple of days later, the other Oregon running back, um, I think his name is, uh, die. I can't remember his first name, but he's the most proven guy. I mean, he was like 1200 yards, 16 rushing touchdowns, you know, and I was like, Hey, if we can get, you know, him, that's who I would want, you know, you know, 
you know, no disrespect to, to Benson, but I mean, you know, this guy's proven that, you know, that he can do it, you know, but anyway, uh, you know, lo and behold, you know, Benson announced that, you know, he was going to commit today after visiting yesterday. So, uh, let's get into it, man. <clears throat> you know, so when you look at the running back room, you know, obviously Jay Sean Corbin is leaving to, uh, pursue an NFL career and that leaves Treshawn Ward, Lawrence Toa Philly and DJ Williams. And when you look at, well, and I should add Jordan Travis in that. I mean, he's a quarterback, but you know, he was second on the team in carriers last year and he only played in, in 10 games. Um, and he actually had 134 carries and I don't expect Jordan Travis to run that often. He, he, he basically averaged almost 14 rushing attempts per game. He may be a little under that this year. Cause I expect him to try to become more of a passer, but you know, we'll see, but you got to include him in there cause they're going to use him at some point in a running game. Treshawn Ward had only 81 carries in 12 games. Um, and then Lawrence Toy Philly, who, you know, he got, you know, it was a very s- slight of build and, you know, deals with injuries, uh, only had 32 carries, uh, last year. And then DJ Williams, uh, only had 10 carries. So when I started thinking about it, I was like, okay, well, you know, Jordan Travis, obviously, you know, he, he he's kind of injury prone. And then Treshawn Ward only had 81 carries last year. And then Lawrence Toy Philly had 32, DJ Williams, 10, and who knows if you know Corey Wren, who I still don't think is a running back, is ever going to contribute or what have you. So I started thinking about it. I was like, well, yeah, they pr- they probably do need to take a running back, you know. And so and then I was like, well, why why would they take Trey Benson, you know, considering you know his injury history? Because I'm not going to lie to you. When, whenever I read that, you know, his quote about his knee, he was like, basically, he was like, yeah, I tore all all that all my knee up. You know, and I was like, ooh, you know, I was like, okay. Then you go and look at, you know, production, you know, six carries, 22 yards, and a touchdown. Granted, it it was this past year, which was post-injury, you know, recovery. So, so I mean, at least he, he has played or appeared in, you know, a couple of games after the injury. And, and so then the question you have to ask yourself is, well, you know, and I think a lot of people kind of, probably assume, you know, can FSU get a better option out of the transfer portal between now and the end of spring practice? Because, you know, we talked about it before a lot, you know, you, you can expect a lot of players to put their names in the portal uh, after the bowl games, which, you know, we saw a flood of that. And then you can expect guys to put their name in the portal after spring practice, you know, to kind of see where they stack up. Um, after spring practice and, you know, once they figure out, mm, yeah, I'm probably not going to get any run here. I'm going to put my name in a portal and try to go elsewhere. So, so you kind of got to gamble. Okay. Well, maybe there, you know, maybe there'll be a better option in the, in the transfer portal, um, between now and the end of spring, you know, cause when you look at it, I mean, besides Jameer Gibbs, who pretty much everyone know, knew was going to go to Alabama, um, you, you know, you haven't really had, you know, a, a ton of top tier guys that entered the portal anyway. And then on top of that, what are the, what are the, what's the probability that FSU is going to get a top tier running back, um, you know, considering where the program is right now. So 
when you look at all those things, you're like, okay. And then I get, and I, I really think this played a big part in it. Um, I saw where Chris Nee confirmed, um, I saw it on Twitter where he confirmed that, uh, Trey Benson is going, is enrolled or will enroll for the spring. And so I guess they got him a waiver, um, you know, to get him enrolled in the spring. So I think that played a big part in it, you know, having him to go through spring, uh, practice, you know, you can kind of, you know, see where he is and where he fits in. And obviously he's going to learn the offense and, you know, form a bond rapport with his teammates and, and all that good stuff. And so I think they probably value that, um, that he was, you know, wanting to commit and, um, going through spring. I think they valued that. Not only that, you know, he has three years of eligibility left, you know, so I said, okay, well, you know, I can, I can understand that. You might get a better option. You may not. And, you know, how good would the option be if they are not able to go through spring practice? I mean, we saw DJ, DJ Williams enroll um, last spring and, you know, he had, you know, you know, way more production, uh, than, uh, than Trey Benson. I mean, he had, uh, let me see, he had basically 200 yards rushing in 2020 and 400 yards rushing as a true freshman when he was at Auburn. And we saw him enroll last spring and had 10 carries for 47 yards and a touchdown, you know? So, I mean, and he was a former four-star, you know, that came from, you know, Auburn. So, you know, it's a gamble either way you look at it, you know. And I know people kind of look at the lack of production. They look at the injury and they say, why in the world are we taking this guy, you know. But at the same time, you you can look at DJ Williams, who had production, who was a four-star coming out of high school. He enrolled in the spring last year and – he didn't really give you anything, you know? And so I kind of look at it and, and I look at how Trey Benson's recruitment went and I say, okay, you know, one thing that kind of gives me pause, you know, whenever you look at how the staff operates, if they really, really like somebody, they go all in like, boom, you know, they, you know, you had uh Jared verse as soon as he hit the portal, boom, they were all over him. You know, whenever Michael Pittman hit the portal, boom, they were all over him. You know, I've always, you know, I've said it time and time again. You know, most of the guys they've gotten for the port from the portal, when whenever they hit the portal, it's when it's within like a couple of days, you know, no more than a week. And if they're coming to FSU, they they're committing. I mean, you look at um, the linebacker from UCF, Bethune. I mean, hit the portal a couple of days, couple of days, boom, committed. You know, so, you know, Benson hit the portal, I think it was January 12th. And so today is the 18th and he committed, you know, but the thing is, you know, you had, you had so much, so much kind of smoke. And I don't know if that, I don't know if it, that had to do with, you know, Micah Pittman being a former teammate and kind of, you know, kind of getting things going beforehand, because as a player, you know, he can reach out, he can reach out to other players, even though the coaches can't before they, you know, get into the portal, what have you. And, um, you know, but I kind of felt like, man, you know, they kind of, they kind of waited until he visited, you know, on Monday to kind of see him in person. 
And um, I, I just feel like they were kind of maybe doing their due diligence. Maybe they wanted to see him in person. I'm not sure. I have no idea if they worked them out in person. Personally, if it were me, I would have worked them out. And, you know, just to kind of see, you know, how he moves, you know, does he does he have, you know, um, you know, the speed that he used to have, you know, so forth and so on. Um, and um, so, I, you know, it's almost like one of those things where they kind of like, eh, we 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 kind of want to take his commitment, but I'm not sure, you know, kind of like if you go back to last year with uh, Marcus Cushney. I don't know if you guys remember, but this is late in the cycle. Um, he was like, he might've been the last edition in the 2021 class. And, you know, he came from Alabama A&M and they kind of brought Kushney in and worked him out and they didn't offer him right out, right out, you know, after the, after the, uh, the workout. And then he, he ultimately got an offer from Purdue and then uh, maybe like a few days or maybe it might've been a week after that FSU, uh, they, I'm sorry, they offered Kushney as a preferred walk-on. Then Purdue offered an actual scholarship, and I think he did commit to Purdue. And then FSU kind of at the last minute came in and was like, okay, we'll we'll offer your scholarship. And so and he flipped and came to FSU. And obviously you saw Kushney really, you know, he didn't he didn't get a spring practice either, but he wasn't a factor at all, you know, in the 2021 season. So it's kind of like, you know, it's almost like you go in your first gut instinct, you're like, mm. I don't know, maybe, you know, and so I, hopefully that's not the case, you know, where they were like, mm, maybe, and then you decide, okay, let's go ahead, let's go ahead, if we can get him in, let's get him in, let's go ahead and go with it, opposed to if they looked at him like, yeah, that's definitely who we want, boom, 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 let's jump on him to make it happen, and kind of go from there, you know, so, you know, we'll see how it works out, Um, I was surprised uh, whenever Novell, you know, he, al- he always kind of you know, puts a tweet out recognizing the commit and he'll either put playmaker or, or, you know, whatever. And I was surprised that, um, the adjective he used was speed when he was describing Trey Benson, because when I'm, when I'm looking at the field of him and, you know, when I'm looking at the film with him in high school, you know, I just don't see, I just don't see speed at all, really, you know, and I'm, and I'm just like, man, but then you, then you read that he ran a four, 0.49 0.49 laser, not hand timed, laser timed at a combine, you know, back in 2019. And I have, and I've seen, I've seen him, I think it was at Oregon, maybe at their Saturday night, uh, Saturday night live event where they're doing a drill and it's kind of like he's got his back to the linebacker and the linebacker's got his back to him and they kind of flip at the same time. And he like, blows right by the linebacker and he does like he has a burst, right? It was like, man, he, you know, he looked like he had a burst, you know, in, in that clip. But then when I see him in high school, I'm just like, he just doesn't look like he's got that burst. He kind of, he just doesn't look, he doesn't look fast. He definitely doesn't look like he run a four four nine, you know? So I was surprised whenever he said speed, but then I'm like, well, you know, to be to be sure, they they um, they had him, you know, to kind of go through some drills or something. Um, hopefully, we can get some clarification on that. Hopefully, somebody that has access can uh, can see if they you know work them out. You know, kind of you know get some behind the scenes deal on that. I would love to know if they worked them out. I would you know, and and they kind of like what they saw. You know, I I would say okay, cool. No, you know, you know, it's all good. 
And I'm sure that uh, Kenny Dillahan probably played a role in this. You know, he's been in Oregon for about the last month now, almost a month to the um, a month to the day. I'm sure they lean on him for some intel as far as, you know, uh, his injury recovery, you know, people around the program, what kind of guy is he, you know, I'm sure they, they lean on him to do his, you know, to do diligence and, and all that good stuff. So, so, you know, like I said, I know that, I know fans are looking at it like, wow, we taking this guy, you're looking at, you know, the McKenzie Milton injury and we saw how that panned out. But then, you know, we look at, uh, Jay Sean Corbin, that was a hamstring, but it, it was a pretty significant injury, you know, cause it, it basically took him, you know, he was limited in 2020, although he still, you know, he still was, uh, FSU's, you know, top running back. You know, it wasn't until this past year that Jason Corbin really started to look like the guy, you know, that came out of high school, you know, that was explosive and, and what have you. Um, but then I look at it and I say, okay, you look at Cam Akers Monday night. I mean, he tore his Achilles, man, what, six, seven months ago. And he looks like, I mean, goodness gracious. He, he ran, he looked so explosive Monday night. I couldn't believe it. I was like, bro, there's how in the world did he tear his Achilles six or seven months ago? And then look at him tonight. That's, that's, that's crazy, you know? And then you look at, you know, other guys that have had, you know, injuries and, and they come, you know, they came back and they were fine, you know. So I, I but, you know, I understand the, the fan sentiment like, man, you know, isn't there somebody out there better that we could get, you know? But at the same time, you got to look at it and you say, okay, Mike Novell has a track record with running backs. I mean, look, he took Treshawn Ward, a former walk on, and, you know, Treshawn. Shoot, he had what over 500 uh, rushing yards um, this past year. Let me look it up real quick. Yeah, 515 rushing yards. Um, actually led the team in yards per carry average with 6.36 yards per carry average. I mean, you know, the guy has put guys in the NFL while he was in Memphis. You know, so the guy knows what he's doing when he's evaluating running backs. You know, he he knows how to put him in, in positions to succeed. And, you know, and, and I feel like some people are looking at, um, you know, players that come in the transfer portal that every single one of them has got to be, you know, a Jermaine Johnson or Keir Thomas. And, you know, number one, that's not going to be the case. Number two, when you look at it, you say, okay, Jordan Travis is going to be a part of the running game. Trayshawn Ward is going to be a part of the running game. Lockley Torfield is going to be a part of the running game. I don't know what you're going to get from DJ Williams. You know, he, you know, he, maybe he came in to camp this year in better shape and, you know, maybe he'll be a contributor. So it, it may be that you don't even have to have much from Trey Benson. You know, I don't think they're bringing them in to, you know, it's not like they're like, Hey, this is going to be the number one guy that we're going to get the ball to this year. I don't, you know, I don't think that's the case. You know, um, I think it's more of a, they can get him in for the spring. Um, he has talent. I mean, he was a top 30 running back coming out of high school. Um, and you know, he just, he just got hurt, you know, but you look at it, you know, that injury occurred, I think on December 1st, 2020. So by the time they play suit up against Duskane, um, whenever the season begins, I mean, he'll, he'll almost be two calendar years removed from that injury, you know, so, and like I said, he played, he played, you know, in a few games of Oregon this past year, 
And the clips that I saw, uh, I saw one where he scored a touchdown against Stony Brook, and then there was another run. It was like it was about a ten to fifteen yard run, I think. I think against Colorado, and and you know he, I mean, he saw a hole, you know, broke it outside. Got, I mean, look, look, you know, okay. I mean, he won't Cam Akers out there, but I mean, I mean, he didn't, he didn't look like a, a total scrub either, you know. So. This is one of those things where, you know, you're just going to have to, you know, trust the coaches. Um, you know, they've taken other guys, you know, in the portal that um, that have potential and little production. And, um, you know, it's worked out before. You know, I always go back to, um, you know, Keir Thomas had an injury history. You know, he probably – he didn't practice much at all last spring. You know, we saw what we got from him last fall. Jermaine Johnson, you know, he came in with – very little production, you know, at, at Georgia, and we saw what he became. I mean, you know, it's one of those deals where you, you know, it's a, it's just a gamble. That's, I mean, recruiting in general is a gamble. Um, you know, I talked about all of the blue chip wide receivers out of high school. You know, everybody expects those guys to come in and be impact players, and it very rarely happens. You know, so I mean, I'm kind of, you know. You know, I'm kind of like, man, you know, you would like to see them use that scholarship because they, they're they really not in a position to, to waste scholarships, you know, or I guess you could say or take huge gambles. But this is this is a position where they've got some depth. And like I said, Jordan, Jordan Travis is going to be a part of the running game, too. So it's not like they're going to need to rely solely on one guy or, or even two guys, you know. Um, they've got, they're going to have, you know, two or three guys that have proven they can produce to a certain degree, uh, some more than others. And if Trey Benson comes in and, you know, he's able to, I don't even know if he gets 30 carries, 50 carries. I mean, it's probably a, a scholarship well used because again, he has three years of eligibility left. So, you know, that's depth. And, um, you know, with the way the running back position works, you know, injuries can happen very fast and mount up very fast. So having them in for the spring, learning the playbook, you know, getting acclimated to how they do things at FSU, you know, getting getting in shape, you know, is a positive. And I think that probably, you know, is a, is a big factor of why they took them in, you know. So um, to all of the FSU fans that, or, you know, just, tr- I mean, it's cool, you know, it's cool to troll, you know, don't get me wrong. I have fun on there all the time, but I don't know when it kind of comes to, you know, talking about a player specifically, you know, I don't know, man, to me, that's kind of corny. And, um, you know, when the way I look at it, and I wrote this in the, in the chop chop article, you got a kid that, I mean, if you if you've never been an athlete and you never had a major injury, let me tell you, I've never tore my knee apart or anything like that. But you know, the, the the time you have to put in to to rehab, the time you have to put in to to mentally recover, to even get back on that field and try to perform at a level that you used to. I mean, bro, that's I mean, that's that's big time. And you know, any guy that you know, commits to FSU and obviously they commit because they feel like they have an opportunity to play at a, at a, at a big time program. And obviously they, they are committing right now knowing that, 
FSU isn't where it usually is or where it's supposed to be. And so they are looking for an opportunity to not only showcase showcase themselves, but they're also looking for an opportunity to help the program in general. So Trey Benson, I saw where, you know, he tweeted, he he's, he's reading this stuff. And, um, you know, he was like, he, he's willing to, you know, to, to, to prove he's right and, uh, and come into FSU and, um, and, you know, Hey, I'm all for the attitude, man. Take a personal, go out there, work your tail off. Um, hopefully, you know, everything works out and, you know, he'll be, um, a contributor this year. And, um, those, those of you that are just kind of just trolling to be trolling, I mean, come on, man, don't, I mean, it's cool and all, but when we're talking about individual players, you know, our own players, I mean, that's kind of corny. It's kind of wet in my opinion. So, um, you know, hopefully he, he comes in and, um, you know, he proves everybody, you know, that he's a good take. And, um, if this happens again and Norville takes a chance on another guy and, and Benson works out, then you're kind of going to have to give him the benefit of the doubt. And, um, you know, we'll kind of go from there. Um, but, you know, so that's the uh, 10th transfer. And um, it looks like they'll probably hopefully take a quarterback at some point. You know, I was talking with some guys on, on, on social media yesterday, and um, hopefully they'll take a, a quarterback at some point. Uh, I mentioned hopefully they'll get another offensive lineman, preferably offensive tackle. But if it's someone that can play a tackle or guard, then that's cool with me too. I feel like they need one more guy. And, um, and then it's kind of, you know, um, your best available in my opinion, whether it's another linebacker or defensive end or potentially, you know, defensive tackle. So we'll see where, um, where they ultimately decide to go depending on who, uh, jumps in the portal. And, um, and I had a conversation with somebody yesterday too. Let me hit on this. Um, you know, a lot of people just, I guess, automatically assume that the coaching staff, you know, you know, you'll see a guy hit the portal and it's like, oh, you know, we should, you know, we, we're we not going to pursue him or, or whatever, you know, just, just because, you know, somebody says that, you know, FSU is not going to pursue does not mean they haven't attempted to reach out to that particular player. I mean, it could be as simple as, you know, guy puts his name in the portal, FSU gives a call, hey. You know, this is such and such from FSU. Would you have any interest in coming to FSU? And the guy may be like, nah, I'm looking to go to such and such. And, I mean, if that conversation happens, I mean, there's nothing you can do at that point, you know, if there's not any mutual interest, right? So just because, you know, it looks like, oh, FSU isn't going to pursue, I mean, it could be the guy's not interested in coming. It's as simple as that. So, you know, we can't just assume that the coaching staff isn't reaching out to everybody that, you know, they feel, you know, could be uh, a value, a valuable addition to the program. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I look at it this way. I'm I'm sure Mike Novell knows that 2022 is do or die. And that's why you're, you're seeing these guys attack the transfer portal the way that they have. And, um, you know, I don't think I don't think he's going to take a guy, you know, that he does not believe can help them win, um, you know, to a degree. So we'll see how it works out. Um, shout out to Trey Benson, man. I hope you, I hope you come in and rock out. Um, hopefully everything, you know, you get to tally and everything 
is um you know falls into place for you and um i'm rooting for you my dude um we're gonna see we're gonna see um we're gonna see you know how everything shakes out but i'm um, rooting for you but um i'm gonna get ready to um check out this uh fsu duke game we'll see we'll, i i don't know we'll see how it shakes out but i don't think malik osborne is going to play so they're going to be shorthanded again, and um, Duke's uh, a top offensive and defensive unit, so it's going to be tough. Going to be a tough out. But um, again, I appreciate you guys for for rocking with me. Um, make sure you subscribe, download, follow us on on Twitter at Built for Playmakers. And um, again, if you uh, got some entertainment from this uh, episode, or uh, you got some information, you just like the episode, um, feel free to uh, drop us a five-star review on whatever platform you uh, listen on. And um, we appreciate you guys, and uh, go Nose. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.